Teesaw Pop Season 7, Episode 8. Hello and welcome to Teesaw Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about selecting and adapting reading material is Kyle Lyson. Kyle has been teaching since 2012. He started teaching in Mexico and has since taught in China, Colombia and the States. He's taught all ages from kindergarten up to university level and he has a bachelor's degree in Spanish language and English linguistics from Western Oregon and a master's in teaching from Northwest University. Currently, he's a high school ESL teacher and the founder of Air Language, the English language reading platform for secondary school students and beyond. The platform consists of a library of books written and categorised by topic and level, paired with a system of reading conferences. In today's episode, Kyle will share what inspired him to focus on developing reading resources for his students. And we're also going to explore challenges that we often encounter when it comes to selecting reading material differentiating it for different levels of students and building a reading habit among our learners. Kyle, at the start of this episode, we mentioned just a few of the places you've taught and the context um, and students you've worked with. What sort of challenges have you noticed in your teaching career that has led you to establishing air language? Early on, um, as well as as, as of late, um, I've noticed that there were a lot of different levels of students within the same class. And I felt like every time I got caught up and I was able to, at the very least, um, accommodate in my instruction for everybody, a new student would come and I had to start all over. That was probably the biggest obstacle. I bet a lot of listeners will be able to relate to that, that shifting landscape that is our classroom with new comers and different challenges that learners may face depending on the change of topic. What was it about reading specifically that inspired you to lean into this as a space and develop resources um, for learners? Well, my school about, I think it was eight years ago, took up the initiative of independent reading and independent reading for everybody. And uh, the reading was, was of uh, kind of leveled texts. And so I started doing it with my English learners. I found a lot of success. I also found a lot of pushback because the books were not written for high school students. So I started thinking, okay, how can we use reading to not only teach language, uh, at least to teach reading, but to teach actual language? You know, students could listen, could listen to books and they could listen to, like, they could read about topics that are pertinent to their lives. With the context you're teaching in now in the States, could you give us a little bit of insight to um, your learners and some of their needs? Because um, you're obviously teaching language or developing their reading skills. Do you find that your learners' experience with reading and access to reading can differ quite greatly? Yeah, well, I do a little experiment from time to time and ask students, how many books they have in their class, in their, in their homes. And a lot of them tell me they don't have any. Just like the access to, to books and like the encouragement of literacy, um, there's so much diversity in the classroom. Especially where I'm at in Texas, we have students who come from very remote places in say Honduras, uh, in Mexico, students who move here from Mexico City as well. So, or from Venezuela, like wealthier areas in Venezuela. So we have 
such a huge, huge diversity of um, not just linguistic ability, but also, let's say, the value of reading or academic history. It's a complex issue, isn't it? Because not only are you maybe working with texts that aren't relevant to your students' interests and their age group, like you mentioned before, but also your students are starting at very different levels, um, both on a comprehension and language level, but also a level in terms of privilege and economics that can set them back. So it it's a really complex issue, like you say, and it's difficult for us teachers to navigate just alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So... I don't know. I'm sure that many people have had a lot of tools to figure it out, but I think every ESL teacher down here in Texas has this issue. Well, let's try and tackle some of these issues. I think we're promising to deliver quite a lot, aren't we? The pressure's on in this episode um, to tackle some of these scenarios um, and share tips on what we can do. Because as like you say, a lot of teachers can relate to this, this complex issue in terms of access to resources and having the right resources when it comes to reading material. So shall we tackle the first scenario? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, scenario one. What should we keep in mind when selecting text? If we are so fortunate to have the option to choose text, whether it's online or physical text, reading material for our learners. Everybody's different, you know, every, <laughs> so every one of your students say they speak the same language or from this or from the same family, say they're from the same family. They like different things, right? And they focus on different things when they're reading. So their language is going to develop differently. So I have kind of moved away from picking one text or even selecting Texts, I'll, maybe I'll suggest certain books for certain students um, because I know my students and I know what they like and what they don't like. But I think giving students choice, relinquishing control is the best way. You don't get a whole lot of pushback when you say, okay, here are your books, here are your options. We have this time. Now it's time to read. I feel like we've tackled uh, quite a significant significant challenge really easily with that tip you shared. Shall we move on to the second scenario? Of course. So let's talk about struggling students. So you mentioned earlier we have students in our class and it can vary like a student's um, interaction with something can maybe dip or peak depending on the topic we're moving on to. Uh, What can we do when we find that a student is struggling with reading material? Yeah, I suppose the big question is why? And you can't answer that like as it, with a generalization. You've got to tackle each individual student individually. What one student is, it's about language, another student's about topic, another student's about time or energy. Okay, I know I have students who work 39 hours per week. So it's not full time, but it's 39. So yeah. how do you accommodate for all of those varying differences? I think the, the only way is to just know your students. How do you um, identify what your students' needs are? So if you are noticing that a student is struggling in your class, how do you go about um, facilitating that needs analysis to identify whether it's, like you say, a time issue or a language level issue or something else? Um, A lot of my material has to do with getting to know my students. And additionally, reading conferences are fundamental to my classroom. So I sit down and I have them read to me. And I do that with two or three students every day. 
And uh, if I can listen to them read and I can ask them about, hey, how many books did you read in the past, whatever? Um, how many times, how much, how, how much time did you read last week or yesterday? Uh, that's going to tell me a whole lot about what they're missing in terms of their language development. Those tips that you shared are very applicable, whether you have lower students who are struggling or even advanced students who are finding the text too easy, getting to know your students, understanding their needs, communicating with them regularly is obviously essential. So I feel like we've covered like two scenarios with one. So I'm going to move into the, to the next one. Mm-hmm. Building a reading habit is really difficult, I find, with my students. Like encouraging them to read outside of the lesson time is something I've always struggled with. And I don't think I'm the only teacher that's experienced that. Do you have any tips on how to create a a reading habit among your learners? Yeah, Um, I think it lies partly in kind of like the habitual reading during class. Okay. If you're reading, if they're reading habitually during class and they're starting to see the value, eventually, if you stick with it, the reading conference as we, as we hold it, uh, centers on reading goals. Um, and every student needs something different. Your more advanced students, maybe they need those, uh, like more analytical skills, right? Finding theme or characterization in a book. Um, your lower level students, they may, maybe they need, um, maybe they need phonics, but a lot of your students who don't want to read, maybe they need a goal, something to work toward. So basically what I've done, and I've seen success in this is as their reading goal, I write down, and this pops up on their version of the app. So when the teacher writes it down, it pops up on the app. I write down. Uh, I will read for, and I ask them, how many days per week are you going to read? And then they tell me, and then I say, okay, how, how long each time are you going to read for? How much time? How many minutes? So there was a girl, and she was reading four times a week for 10 minutes. And then this past week, she started reading five times a week for 10 minutes. So it doesn't have to be these huge jumps. It's all gradual. But if you focus on growth, I think that'll catch, capture a lot of your students. Um, in terms of your students who maybe they just don't see the value in reading, I think pulling students aside and giving them, like we said, a space to be imperfect. Uh, and then you ask them, hey, how are you doing with your reading goal? How, many, how much are you reading? That encourages kids so much. I think for a lot of students, they may not have a spaces at home where they recognize for reading and it's not a topic of conversation necessarily. You mentioned that like acknowledging their progress, setting goals, setting realistic bite-sized goals and reviewing that and acknowledging that and celebrating that. Um, it can be really important when students feel seen. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I'd like to revisit that you mentioned in your teaching um, experience and where you're teaching now is that not all of your students have access to to books at home. And I know Air Language is is an app where they can access um, on a device, but even then some students may not have access to devices. So we do um, face the challenge of having students that may be economically disadvantaged and that creating barriers for them to create that reading habit that you mentioned I wonder if you have any insights on how you navigate this um, in your school and in your teaching practice. We try to communicate goals with home. That's one of the biggest things is if when, when parents and teachers are on the same page, 
So that's one thing. Another thing is, like you said, access to books, access to literature. At the lower levels, it's very difficult to find what they need in a paper book, right? Because they need to hear the language too. I have uh, a library of books in my classroom. So the library and the students know that they can take those, uh, but that's not enough, okay? Teachers need to, to pick books out. They need to know their libraries and they need to let students borrow them, you know? It's important to welcome students, to let them know that, like, make them feel seen. You know, they feel seen like, hey, this is what you need in your life. And you, you present them with a book. If you don't like it, we'll get a different book. And it sounds like um, this is part of your kind of orientation to your classroom as the students get to know you. That space, that reading space, and that library that you have is something that students know that they can access very early on, regardless of what their background is. So it doesn't kind of, you're not um, highlighting students who are from a disadvantaged background. You're making it a space that's owned by everybody. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you ask those little questions about their lives, genuine, genuine curiosity. Yeah. Right? When you're genuinely curious, curious about your students, you learn those little details that have big impacts in their lives. Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your insights today and sharing your experience. It's been really interesting learning about air language and the context where you teach. It's uh, really fascinating talking to you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on. To learn more about Kyle's work at air language, go to airlanguagelearning.com. There are samples of books there for you to check out and you can contact Kyle if you have any questions about the books he has or the context that he just described today and the challenges he walked through. If you have a question or an idea that you'd like to pitch for the Teaspot podcast, you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook or the website teaspot.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at Teaspot by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, by sharing today's episode with your teaching community or by even buying us a coffee at ko forward slash tsopop.